We have a breaking story to update you on. A child's body has apparently been found in North Arlington. The body was discovered late last night, and fear is it is the body of nine-year-old Amber Hagerman of Arlington. A body was discovered just after 11 o'clock last night in a creek bed. It was last January 13th when nine-year-old Amber was snatched off her bicycle, molested, murdered, and left dead in a creek. He saw the suspect grab Amber off her bike and force her into his black pickup truck. Amber's family is keeping vigil, begging for her safe return. just hello hi <laughs> shy is back hello 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 i know that we had some people that were missing you well, most importantly me <laughs> most importantly most most uh whatever the great i the, i miss yes. you the greatest amount is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. well yeah because uh since the last time that we recorded together i think god that was forever ago we finally had our our long awaited visit with each oh, other oh yeah so I, yeah, I hope nobody missed miss. I mean, it's not like we posted every second together, but yeah, it was a good time. We also f- absolutely failed at recording with each other. Oh, we did. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's only so much you can. There's only so many hours in the day that you can yeah, spend so gazing lovingly in each other's eyes. <laughs> it's exhausting, really. <laughs> Oh hell! But really, it was it was delightful, and I was like emotionally wrecked afterwards. Wrecked, like truly, <laughs> I know, I was like meh. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't really think about it because I guess I was just like trying not to, and so I wasn't really thinking about it. And then once I got in line to go through, I mean, anyone that knows me personally and closely has already heard this story, but I don't care because I'm gonna tell it again. So, um, I yeah, I started crying going through security and the like to the point where the poor security guy who was like probably in his late 20s this part killed me he got a little teared up like his eyes legit started getting a little bit welled up and he was just like are you okay and i was like not right now (laughs) and then um after i went through the scanner and everything and i was like trying to put on the worst oh no actually those were anyway trying to put on my shoes and all this he came back by and he was like I hope you have a really better day. And I was like, I'll try to. And then to cut, to tap, tap, to top it all off on the plane, I started crying. <laughs> I'm like, is everyone going to think I'm okay? On the plane, I started crying again and pretty decently. I mean, it wasn't like a light tear came out. Uh, yeah. And the, there, was, there was like a young dude sitting to my right, an older lady sitting to my left. The young dude, when he realized I was crying, he turned his body so far. Because, I mean, I don't blame him. To, like, avoid you? <laughs> yes. Pretend like oh, I don't exist. Because I'm literally bawling my eyes out. And I've got toilet paper to help me yeah. to wipe my tears away. So, oh, and the lady, oh, my gosh. it was like, I mean, it was, like, truly, this was one of those moments where it's like, humanity isn't lost. The lady on the plane legitimately just reached over and clasped my hand and just squeezed it and held it. And I know that there might be some people out there that are like, that's Ugh. over the line. 
but it's no, like, she absolutely, yes, she had every right. Well, she was feeling my vibes that I was giving off and she knew that I was okay with it, but it was yeah. the, it was the greatest, nicest thing that any stranger has done to me. And Aww. I can't even tell. And it was the, the most perfect thing about it was that when it, it wasn't like, she was like, at some point I stopped crying. Yeah. We talked a little bit, but not too in depth. And she was like, are you okay? And I said, yes. And so she squeezed my hand again and let go. And then we didn't have to like, sit there and try to BS each other the rest of the flight. We were just like, okay, let's just be on this flight together. Yeah. And sit and not be forced into conversation because we had this moment. It was oh. just, the whole thing is like God. just the per- most perfect thing. It really, it was a, it was exactly what I needed on the on the way home. <laughs> That's Honestly. always nice when people just kind of like understand you're not like really up for talking. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. We exchanged some little information about ourselves and we didn't even talk about our names or anything. And it, yeah. it was just amazing. But anyway, so I was just a mess, dude. I mean, I think I, I think I, started, I think I like was driving home that night from the airport. All I had to drive like three hours and I was called you and I started crying again, like a total nerd. With your, <laughs> with your chip cookie. <laughs> Yes. The one that, so you snuck it in my bag. My flight kept getting yeah. delayed. I never ate all day. And the three hour drive home, I had that, this chocolate chip cookie Delicious. the size okay. of my face. It really isn't that huge, but it's just so, I mean, it is, but it's like so thick on top of being They're huge. dense. That's They're, the thing is they are oh, very dense. They're, oh, anyway, I just am glad I don't have chip cookie down here in Texas. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a pain. <laughs> On my wallet and waistline. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. I highly doubt that. Oh, anyway. Whoo, okay. Well, well, that was it. So today, after that, that heartfelt, heartwarming story, we have <laughs> this terrible one to talk about. Oh, but, God, yeah. Okay, yeah. let's get, let's get into it. Get into it. So this is kind of a hometown case for me because I lived in Arlington whenever this happened and I was in sixth grade at the time. So I just remember I was playing basketball at the time terribly. I was the worst. And we would always run around in between games, run around the school where we were at just outside. And I remember that was a big deal. We were like, y'all, y'all are not allowed to just go running around the school because there's somebody on the loose that has Amber Hagerman, which is what we're covering today. Amber Hagerman. Right. And, you know, growing up, honestly, though, and it's kind of weird when I say that because, you know, it's not even like it happened too far from when I was running around town. It was like around the same time. I was, what, eight years old? Well, what are you, like three years younger than me? Yeah. But, I mean, it's different town, different circle. And, you know, every town has their issues and it's not like anyone's going to be invincible to these types of things, but... It's just yeah. weird to think about because we would go out all the time without cell phones, uh, without supervision and go play for hours. And it's true. You know, it, this could happen to anyone. And I'm not saying like, keep your kids inside, locked up forever and never go play, but just be, you just kind of have to be extremely aware of your environment. Yeah. And anyway, I, I did watch, <laughs> <laughs> I did watch the documentary. What was it yesterday? Uh-huh. And I legitimately started crying like 10 times. Well, obviously, (laughs) clearly. So, you know, if anyone isn't aware, Amber Hagerman was a nine-year-old girl that was abducted while riding her bike through Arlington, Texas in a abandoned, not abandoned, I guess, but a defunct Winn-Dixie 
parking lot. So it, there was not any cars or <laughs> yeah. the store wasn't open and was abducted right off of her bike. Actually, there was a witness who saw it, which we'll get into more of the details, but a witness saw it and called police right away. And it still has never to this day, over 23 years later, been solved at all. Anyway, and this is what the Amber Alert came from. I mean, it's good to know. Yeah. Because you just never know if you're going to happen to see someone or the car or whatever. And mm-hmm. There's a lot of stipulations what goes into an actual Amber Alert. It's not just some lady that called and said, hey, my kid's missing. Yeah. The child has to be under 18. They did away with the one that said that the child has to be in imminent danger or death because who's to say they're not mm-hmm. and what, you know, who's, who's going to make that judgment call. Yeah. So they kind of, they kind of did away with that one, but the vehicle that was used to abduct a child has to be easily describable and recognizable. And mm-hmm. the person has to be describable and recognizable. Yeah. Amber herself was just, like I said, nine years old. And she was in every article I read, they're like, she was just a typical normal girl. She was a, what is it, a play scout? A brownie. She was a girl, oh, oh, a brownie. She wasn't quite a girl scout yet. Yeah. And she worked hard in school. She loved to ride her bike with her brother. Just normal girl stuff. And actually, in the months leading up to her disappearance, her mom was being covered by a local news station mm-hmm. on a story about getting out of welfare. And so yeah. she had been seen on that. And, you know, whether that has anything to do with her kidnapping or not, I don't know. It could just be coincidental or something. Right. So on the day of January 13th, 1996, Amber and her brother, who was five years old at the time, his name's Ricky. It was a warm winter day in Arlington, Texas, and they wanted to go play. So they headed down to the Winn-Dixie grocery store where they usually you know, rode bikes and whatnot. And they had kind of like a bike ramp that they would go off of. And it was a lot of fun. I guess when you're a kid, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, it is. I mean, today's kids are like, tablets and whatever, but uh-huh. that's neither here nor there. Uh-huh. So they spent some time playing in the parking lot. And then after a while, Ricky was like, I'm going to go back home. So he headed back home and he left Amber there to kind of enjoy herself playing some more. Uh-huh. And then, I mean, just minutes later from what they reported is when she was abducted. Yeah. He went back to his grandparents' house, I believe, right? Yeah, he he rode back. Yeah. And the minute he got there, the grandfather left the house to go look for her just because he didn't want her to be out there by herself. Right. So that was at about 3 p.m. that Ricky got back home to the grandparents' house. And at around 3.10 p.m. was when this man named Jim Kevill, who was a 78-year-old homeowner of a home just right outside of that parking lot. It said it was 100 yards away from the abandoned Winn-Dixie parking lot. And he said that he saw a dark truck pull up in the parking lot beside her. A man got out and he sprinted towards her. And he, he made a point to talk about how quick the guy got to her, that he was really fast. And he grabbed her right off her bike. And then she began to scream. He said she screamed once and she was kicking. And then he put her in the truck and drove away really fast. So that was... The abduction of Amber, which sounds horrifying, obviously. That's the craziest part to me is there was a whole witnessing of this. 
act. Right. I know. So supposedly, and I, you know, I think they believe Jim Kevill, but supposedly, absolutely witnessed this man grab her. He wasn't able to give super, super specific details about anything. Right. He wasn't able to say really defining facial features or. Yeah, he said a, a white or Hispanic male. Yeah, white or Hispanic male. He said it was he was lean, not very tall. Yeah. He said he was like under six foot. He drove a black truck. Or a dark, a black or a dark, dark truck. colored truck. So he didn't even know really if yeah. it was a black truck or a dark colored truck or what make and model it was. So, like I said, he immediately called the police. Mm-hmm. He told them that while he was working in his backyard, he just witnessed a little girl riding her bike up and down a ramp, and that man grabbed her, like we just said. So, Ricky and his grandpa, Jimmy Whitson, uh, headed over to the Winn-Dixie, and by the time he pulled into the parking lot, the police were already there responding to Jim Kevill's call. So by the time the little brother got all the way home and then the grandfather drove all the way to when, or not all the way, drove like, it's like two blocks uh-huh. to Winn-Dixie, the police had already responded to the call about the abduction of Amber. So it was pretty quick turnaround on that regard as well. That had yeah. to have been just within minutes, like 15 minutes, maybe at most, from the time she was abducted to the time the police were on scene with a witness. <laughs> it's just so crazy right. to me that they didn't get anything out of that. So the police theorized that this was a stranger abduction, which is very rare. And on top of that, it seemed like it was a crime of opportunity, meaning that someone saw her riding alone and impulsively took advantage of her vulnerability. Is it though? But I don't know. that. that well, we'll get into that when we talk about theories, I guess, okay. because it's hard... It's, I mean, sometimes there are just coincidences in life, but the local police were joined by the FBI along with a ton of volunteers right off the bat uh, in the massive search for Amber or any clue as to where she was taken. There was supposedly a truck that was similar to that of the kidnapper spotted outside of a laundromat nearby shortly before the abduction, but that vehicle was never located. And supposedly that self-service laundromat was full of customers, but police believe that many of them were in the country illegally and may have left when they saw the patrol cars arriving. Despite a one-time $75,000 reward and the promise that they wouldn't be deported no laundry customer ever came forward with any information about the truck or having seen anybody there at the time frustrating so four days after the kidnapping a man walking his dog stumbled upon her body in a creek behind the black or i'm sorry the forest hill why did i want to say black forest behind (laughs) (laughs) because you're thinking about cake seriously the forest hills apartment complex and it's less than five miles from the parking lot where her, where she had last been seen riding her bike, which I was reading up on it, and it's rare to find a body so close to the actual scene. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that what it implies is that the killer didn't have to, firstly, go far to put her somewhere, yeah. because he obviously had to have had kept her captive for a couple of days somewhere so obviously that's going to be easier if it's not a long distance away from where you got her right and then disposing of her body would be you know you i guess are trying to get get rid of it as soon as as quickly as possible and you don't want to be driving around with it yeah so they did think that the, the storms that they had had the night before had carried the body a little ways away from where it was initially dumped but it was still dumped at some point in the creek and the guy who found her actually for a while, he he said him and his family would visit the creek every day and rake the bottom of it to try to find any evidence that would lead to oh. something that would help in the matter. Yeah. But 
they never found anything. So right. Her autopsy report revealed that she had actually been kept alive for two days after the initial kidnapping where she was beaten, sexually assaulted, and then eventually her throat was cut and that's when her body was tossed into the creek. Yeah. And now I must amend that I honestly couldn't find a place where it was an official report that said it was two days, though everybody says it. Even the New York Times has said it. So it seems like maybe somebody initially read that somewhere on some official report, but I didn't have a, I didn't have one. So I just was, you know, I have it in here too, but I just was like, maybe that's probably true, but I'm not positive if it's true. About the two days thing. The fact that she was beaten and her throat was slashed is definitely confirmed though. Yeah. And I guess sexually assaulted as well has been confirmed by the medical examiner. Right. They tried to get like a profile out on this guy. What kind of person would do this? And they, you know, came to the conclusion that this probably wasn't his first time in this sort of thing and that they were looking for some repeat offender. Yeah. They said that, I mean, it's pretty generic, yeah. but that per- the person is at least 25 years old, that they lived or worked near the scene of the crime, the Wind dixie Grocery. I know there's a couple different large plants around there. Like GM and Maybe. something else. I know it's GM, but anyway, so I know that they had looked at those places for possible suspects, but never really came up with anything. Her body was able to be identified because she had gotten fingerprint IDs at school. So that was apparently the only way that they would be able to identify her body, which doesn't really sound too positive for how badly she was yeah. treated when she was held in captivity there there was some sort of suspicion that like a handyman from the apartment complex was the man that did it because he kind of he kind of fit the description and he also mm-hmm. drove a black truck and okay. it happened you know it's just he was close to the apartment complex he was there he could have been driving by to a hardware store or something and saw them playing yeah but he never was you know, convicted of anything or really even taken as like a super serious suspect. Yeah. The fact that she was kept alive for two days means that there was a location somewhere where there was evidence, at least a decent amount of it. But I guess whatever happened, I mean, I guess also it's possible that he just kept her. Well, she had been kept in a basement or something or a secret room because I imagine Maybe she wouldn't if she was scared, but screaming or yeah, if it was an apartment complex, somebody would have heard it. We don't really have a lot of basements down in Texas. As weird as that might be, well, because we have so many tornadoes, but the soil, I guess, isn't good for basements. Oh, okay. I mean, I think there are some places that have them, but not very, it's not common at all. So I don't, I doubt there was an Arlington too. Okay. So that said, I don't know. I don't know where you would have been able to keep her and keep her quiet unless you just had it so that she couldn't make any noise somehow or like drugged her or who knows what he did. But there was a location somewhere where there was evidence that could have gotten somebody hopefully convicted, but it never was found. And, oh, considering her body was found about two miles from the abduction site, it's likely that he lived somewhere in between there or, or, or at least around there so that he didn't have to really go far like we already talked about with her body. After 
her murder, Amber's parents, Richard Hagerman and Donna Woodson, formed the People Against Sex Offenders organization and made it their goal to collect enough signatures to force then-Governor Bush and local legislature into passing more rigorous laws for the protection of children. This was about enforcing stricter punishment for convicted sex offenders, which I agree, obviously, we have... But I was also thinking about doing an episode about, like, what makes a pedophile a pedophile. And I'm like, when I started looking into it, it's just like... Too many factors. Oh, Lord. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so they just wanted stricter punishment on sex offenders because it's obvious that, you know, the person that objected her was one that escalated, obviously. So Texas Congressman Martin Frost and Mark Kloss, whose daughter Polly, which, you know, some of you out there that listen to a lot of true crime stuff will know the name Polly Kloss, but she was abducted and murdered in 1993. And these two people, Mark Kloss and Senator, or I'm sorry, Congressman Martin Frost drafted the Amber Hagerman Child Protection Act. Shortly after this, Richard Hagerman and his friend Bruce Siebert were speakers at a symposium where Siebert spoke on his ideas of getting law enforcement and the media to come together to help aid in the recovery of abducted and missing children. And that is what that idea is what launched the Amber Alert System, which it was created and named that way because of Amber, but it's called America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. So that Amber Alert program is a voluntary partnership that involves law enforcement, broadcasters, transportation agencies, and the wireless industry. And it's designed to quickly broadcast accurate information about the missing child, suspect, and the vehicle used during the abduction. When an Amber Alert is issued, local law enforcement agencies are notified, media contacts begin broadcasting notifications, and lastly, highway signs are updated to assist the community in finding the child and the perpetrator. Just in case... You didn't know what it was about. Right. So there was roughly 8,000 leads in Amber's case, and they've been investigated. And, you know, despite the hard work of, like, 50 police officers and federal agents, unfortunately, her case remains unsolved, which I don't – there's conflicting – what do I want to say? People are like, what about DNA? You know, look at the technology we have today. Why can't we DNA? And Mm -hmm. there's – you know, well, to the body is too decomposed, it's corrupted, but I think it would be worth a shot, in my honest opinion. What would be? I'm sorry, what am I, what did I miss here? Just trying to find DNA on her. Oh, yeah, maybe, something. I mean, possibly a clothes or something. I mean, I don't know. Clothes, fingernails. I don't know what they have, but haven't said they have but i don't know what they could do with it i guess maybe if they don't have a match or something but by 1999 the task force that had been created for amber hagerman had been disbanded so it's not an active case it's a cold it's a cold case yeah which is it's so sad what her grandmother glinda whitson says is that all that law enforcement has told them is that they have a few fibers that were found on her body now the details of that aren't known to the public at all. That was just the only thing, I guess, her family has been told. So there's got to be some information that they have. But whatever it is, I guess if they release it, it would actually, you know, hinder their investigation if it's even happening. I know that things happen every once in a while that they've it's, yeah. you know, brought up again here and there. But it's not really being actively investigated. Okay, so... Like I said, the police have never actually named anyone as a suspect or person of interest in the case, but there are a few people who 
have been publicly like discussed, I guess. We're, uh, these are just possible theories that people have yeah. put out there. This is not necessarily the truth. There, so there is this person named Joey Dobbin, who is over the, he was always like really over the top with his self-publicated newslet newspaper whatever it was like it was his own publication it wasn't you know right. like some official nothing official right which you know same as us but uh he was kind of like on on a mission and also he's like burr, 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 yeah yeah <laughs> but also he tries really hard to make himself seem like he is an official newspaper so that's one thing it was called the ellis county observer this paper of his and he was just, he was. It, it sounds like a snooper. He sounds like a snooper. Ellis <laughs> County Observer. So, so Joey was kind of about this Bill Fry character who was this man who he was accusing like crazy about being the person that abducted and killed Amber Hagerman on his paper all the time. He was also, yeah. He would also say, wouldn't that be slander? I don't know, man. I'm not really sure what the, you know, he was later, the uh, Red Oak Police Department seized the Ellis County Observer because it was used in commission of a felony because he, in turn, we found out, had child pornography situations going on with his own computer. So, so it was like the whole razzle-dazzle. Like, <laughs> yeah. Give him the switch. old razzle-dazzle. Yeah, bait and switch. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Okay. Why do I feel like you're just like mantis right now? <laughs> just because I saw it the other I got day. These, <laughs> I got these magnum wrappers for my monster dog. <laughs> oh, I'll never like forget that episode. This is not the place to have that, but you know, I'm here Discussion. for the scraps. Yeah. Uh, but so, yes. Commission of Felony. So, as recently as 2011, the man Joey Dobbin was accusing named Bill Fry, his stepson named Buddy Wayne Anderson was indicted on three counts of production of child pornography, production of obscene visual representations of the sexual abuse of children, and possession of child pornography. The wife of Buddy, her name was Sharon Lee Anderson, was charged with knowingly permitting her minor daughter to engage in the sexually explicit conduct. She's serving 10 years for allowing her child to be exploited in this way. Not a, not enough time. No. What a piece of garbage, dude. So Seriously. gross. Uh, gosh. Um, so... So some people theorize that Joey Dobbin and – because I guess Buddy Wayne Anderson was kind of vocal about his ex-stepfather or his stepfather, Bill Fry, being the, maybe being the one that did this to jo to John Bonet, <laughs> to Amber Hagerman. And then it turns out that both of them are child pornography individuals as In well. What is that word? Aficionados. <laughs> I mean, they're like, yeah, they have gotten some, they've gotten a degree in child pornography, that's for sure. So we, so anyway, these people are wondering if they were just kind of doing the old bait and switch because it maybe it was them, but well, this guy would have been how many, like, 10. how many people do we know, like, even in politics that it's just, it's just the, how people do things. They sling, what is it? Slinging mud? Yeah. Rolling in the mud? Slinging mud? I don't know. That, yeah. that said, though, they probably so – nobody knows 
what what a piece of trash you are. They probably aren't the killers, though, because I think he no. was like seven or something. Whenever. Well, yeah, it doesn't make sense, the timelines. Yeah. Okay. So, really, that's it. There's not really a lot of other people who have been either publicly or online <laughs> spoken about, unless you have anyone else that... I don't. And honestly, like, you know, even she doesn't even have her own Wikipedia page. It's all kind of linked into the whole Amber Alert system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like this case isn't talked about enough. And there's not a lot of people that understand where the Amber Alert system came from. And it's I mean, every missing child is a huge tragedy. And I hope that, you know, all parents can get closure. But just watching the documentaries and how she was such like a little light in her school she was liked by everyone her teachers all loved her a lot her her mom that was like her best friend you know I mean yeah. she her mom worked so hard to give her this life that she wanted for her she um I mean just to give you I'm not I'm not trying to sound insensitive but I mean her mom had to put you know, a little girl's bed comforter and like two toys on layaway. And it was like a total of $40. Yeah. And she had, you know, she took time to pay that off because, and she was left alone to raise these kids. And it was just, it had just a huge effect on the community. Just, you know, who she was at, you know, her best friend, it like killed me. She was like, this wasn't her fault. She didn't do anything to anybody. And I was just like, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, I mean, her mom, you know, dropped out of high school, or dropped out of school, I think, in, like, seventh or eighth grade, and uh, really had to bust her butt to... Are you all right? Yeah. I'm going to start my period tomorrow, so okay. that's cool. Yeah. I know how it goes. <laughs> uh, believe me. But, yeah, her... Little, or her mom had to bust her butt to try to make a better life for herself. And that's what part of that uh, documentary was about. On It was on Channel 8, which is just a local station there, where they were featuring the family on how she was getting out of welfare, getting off of – not getting out of welfare, but getting off of welfare. And just she was going to all these classes to help her have various skills to get jobs with. And I think, you know, Amber had – been just working really hard at school, getting through school, yeah. and they had talked about how she had, like, improved her grades with studying a lot, and anyway, she was just, everybody did, yeah, it looked like all her friends just loved her. I know they showed, a, I watched some some parts of the documentary where they showed, you know, her going to her, Amber's class, and how they all just went around the room, like, oh, talking about what yeah. they loved about her. Liked about her. Yeah, and yeah. anyway, so... It's terrible. And, you know, I know that, like, I will, I, I mean, it just, it was terrible when it would happen. I remember just thinking how we went from not being afraid to just run around anywhere. I used to, I remember we used to ride my bike all day long. I mean, literally would never yeah. come home. And it was, everything got a little different after that, but not after time passes, it kind of eases up again. But yeah, I mean, I know it's still a case that kind of haunts the whole city that obviously that you have no idea who in the heck abducted and murdered and tortured a little girl. You know, I mean, do you truly know your neighbors? Do you know, you know what I mean? Look at like Dennis Rader. He was a pillar in the community for a while. Right. Old, Bund Old Bundy, even though I hate to talk about him. Ugh. I hate to mention his name because I'm about to throw up by the, 
the thought of them for any longer in my life. I just, I'm like over Seriously. it. So Can we get over Ted ugh, give me a break. So like Shai said, I believe a little while ago, the Arlington police department has investigated nearly 7,000 leads in the case. And they say that two or three tips still trickle in every month, but obviously never really, obviously never really amount to too much because nothing has ever come about what happened here. Two decades later, there are documents, notes, and other case items that fill 54 cardboard storage boxes at the Arlington Police Department, but detectives still have little more than the suspect description that man Kevil, the retired machinist, saw from his nearby yard over 20 years ago. A white or Hispanic right. male, age 25 to 40, under 6 feet tall, medium build, driving a late 1980s or early 1990s model, full-size, American-made, dark colored truck that's it so it's amazing that you can get that much that close to it that uh immediate with the response and it still doesn't matter but like they have wondered if the amber alert system was going on then would that have been an easier task to intercept them you know who knows i mean how big is arlington it's big I imagine it's huge it's pretty big and i think it's you know i, I don't really i'm trying to think back then how much how big was it? Because that whole area, the DFW area, has just, like, exploded in the past, like, 10 years. But it was still – it was really big yeah. before. I mean, it's a metroplex. It's a metroplex. It's a suburb of Dallas or Fort Worth, really, whatever – whichever one you want to think. And yeah. They're both pretty big. So, yeah. So, the case went cold and nothing has come. Every once in a while, they'll have something. I know I saw that – Oh, okay. Well, in regard to the pornography ring, God, what a hick. The pornography ring that Joey Dobbin and Buddy Wayne Anderson were, were indicted on, all the child pornography. They were, the Arlington Police Department said that they were working on that as a new lead to the Amber Hagerman case. So I'm not sure if they are investigating if perhaps that she was taken to be part of some sort of, child sex ring or not but it's possible you just never know these days yeah yeah or 23 years Which ago I well yeah i mean do they i don't know like do they usually kill the kids off that yeah quickly, i mean i guess if something know, went maybe, wrong maybe yeah possibly or it wasn't as sick as it sounds maybe if she wasn't what they wanted or something yeah well i, I mean know, but... it does sound sick but like that's just from you know anything How that we are. have yeah anything that we've seen about that kind of stuff i don't think they're real worried about the welfare of the child obviously no yeah so um two months after amber's funeral her mother's fiance was killed in a car accident and then a little while later her older sister was found dead at age 32 from a seizure disorder and then in the summer like 10 years later her husband of nine years died from a massive heart attack and her father succumbed to cancer. She says that she's some sort of voodoo doll and that it seems that everybody I love ends up dying. Whew. I'm like, that's that, awful. That's terrible. I know her brother felt really guilty because he had turned back, even though he was really little. Like, he was super young, like five years old. Oh, survivor's guilt. Yeah, go. that he had gone right. back home because he had said he went back home because they had gone farther than they were supposed to, and it made him nervous, so he, like, turned around. And left her even though she was you know supposed to be with him or they were supposed yeah. to stick together so and he was i know on the thing i was watching like he was acting out a lot because he was five years old and he had no idea how to deal well, with and, it yeah and he probably didn't fully grasp what was actually happening 
and you know the fact that he would never see his sister again right so all the attention was constantly on her and focus and energy on her of course he's he was going to act out that's just what kids do when they're not getting the attention that they need whether they just want attention whether it's good or bad right so really that's it because there's nothing more that has developed there's from that entire lot. story yeah unfortunately so yeah i would be great if there was somebody maybe at the laundromat or something that had witnessed something, but I think probably, and I don't want to be a defeatist about it, but I think probably at this point, you know how memories are. I mean, I don't know how, how well my memory holds up from 23 years ago, you know? Um, yeah. I, well, I was dang 11, I guess. So I do remember being, but I don't, I, like I, if you had asked me <laughs> if, if I was creeped out by a dude, you know, sitting outside the school while I was running around after bas- basketball, I don't know if I could have told you what kind of car he drove or anything like that. Right. Anyway, well, it's a sad one, but it definitely, I don't know. I've wanted to do it for a while cause I, I don't know why, I guess cause I'm from Arlington and we do have a bunch of people that listen in Arlington, but you know, so shouts to, yeah. shouts to that terrible city. <laughs> I, I hate it. <laughs> ah, sorry, but I don't like it. But anyway, but my mom and I know like oh. my whole family lives there still. So anyway, okay. So it was great. It was great having you back, even though it was kind of a bum, bummer of a session and it, we've been delayed so badly the whole time. I cried. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, it's stormy. It's I can't tell if it's gonna storm here or what. Now it's beautiful and sunny out, so heck. Oh well, <sighs> make up your mind, Idaho. Well, it sounds like Texas. Do we have any updates or upcoming? Well, we are going to be at the Chi- well. I mean, I'm going to be at the Chicago True Crime Festival in Chicago. <laughs> I, I think it's the 13th. I think pretty pretty positive. So. I'm almost 100%. There's going to be a bunch of other people there. There's going to be much sought after merchandise and you can meet a bunch of people that you listen to all the time and be in Chicago and eat some hot dogs and go to the museum or something. Or, you know, hunt for the serial killer that's probably hanging out in in Chicago. Not really. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please. No, I don't recommend it. Please don't go get yourself killed. The city I do like, it is pretty rad. So it'll be really fun. We're going to have a great time. Blah, blah, blah. And so what else? Go rate and review us if you love us. And if you don't, that's okay. Make sure you meet these people in a public setting, though. Me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will. It is going to be public. I don't want to have to kill anybody. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, I think I think we're gonna all be meeting at the True Crime Festival. Hopefully, okay. it'll, hopefully it'll it'll be it'll be. I don't know how. I don't know what word to use to say this. Are you all just be, patties? <laughs> they're all just gonna be in that spot. Okay, close okay. in the. Wherever um, it is, the hotel or whatever. Congealed. I feel like I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm on the office and I'm going to the, that little whatever meeting thing where Michael throws the party. Oh, a paper convention? The paper convention. <laughs> okay, but anyway. Uh, anyway, okay. Uh, give us an email if you want. Creepitrealpod at gmail.com. Uh, so we are, we love suggestions if you guys want to hear certain cases. So if you have any, especially the ones that are a little less known, 
uh, yeah, regarding yeah. like missing people or unsolved murders or even solved murders. But yeah, what the heck happened? We don't know. Um, right. I guess that means that. I mean, like the Jameson family case, they're dead. Yeah. We don't know what happened. Uh, we like those a lot. So if you have any suggestions, let us know. You can Instagram us, Facebook, our email. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, if it's cases that are local to you, maybe that's the reason why you know about them and they're not very well known. Stuff like that. Send them right, over. Right. We try to make a list of all of them and I and I'm, we're hammering away at them little by little. Okay. Well, we love you. Bye. 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 <laughs>